Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Merry Christmas. You are listening to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. It is a very special Boxing Day episode in which I am going to have, have to ask our resident Canada expert, Kelly Hinkle, what is Boxing Day? We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, this is a lot of pressure. <laughs> Does anyone know? A- Australian citizen Steph Driver knows. <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously, ask that one. She knows better. Uh, it's uh, it, We're in a bit of a break. Uh, we, we talked about the roster freeze last show, but the entire NHL has been off, and it's kind of like, oh man, there's so much momentum going into the break, and then the Flyers took that just ugly loss to the Devils that, for the purpose of analysis, I'm going to say didn't happen. I don't even remember That it. game didn't really even... No, uh, my soul remembers. It's a 4 nothing <laughs> loss to the Devils. I can just pretend like it was a week ago, it was six years ago, I don't know. Well, one this, of those. this comes down to the whole thing about games in New Jersey. If, if a hockey game happens and no one's there to see it, did it actually occur? <laughs> wow, that's... Let me deep. introduce you to the panel first and foremost, Kelly Henkel. It is me, and I've been told to say that eggnog is good, so I'm doing that now. Thank you. <laughs> My broadcast partner in crime fighting through it today. Here, showing her heart and grit. Steph Felicious D, Steph Driver. I am full of grit. Five days without hockey is bad. Is that what made you sick? Yes. Our man with the observations, Charlie O'Connor. I am so pumped for the World Juniors this year. But as usual, the one thing that just drives me up the wall is the way Canadian hockey fans act for the week and a half. They just drive me up the wall. <laughs> Canada they, gets they one make thing. me lose my mind. I was going to say, to be fair, they're the only people that really, really care that this is happening. But it's, you know what? Then, then, you've got, then you've got the few that are like, yeah, Canada. But actually, we don't really care about the World Juniors. Well, see, what they do is that if they win, then they care. If they lose, then all <laughs> yeah. you hear is, well, we didn't have Connor McDavid and we didn't have every all of our good players, so it doesn't actually count. Yeah, well. <laughs> I love the um, last year when no Canadian teams made the playoffs. I love the Canada <laughs> Canada just coming back. How many of the players on every team are Canadian? Like, yeah. the sport. Congrats, bro. Like, if Canada doesn't win gold, that's like Team USA not winning in basketball. It, like, it's yeah. just like, it's a disgrace if you don't. You invented it. That was they a, only oh play it God. there. I forgot how much I hated that. Like, I hated it so much. How many Canadian players? Yeah. Oh, Which brings me to my God. point. International hockey, I really do enjoy, but I am so bad at geography. Like the U.S. is the U.S. is playing Latvia today, and I realized I have no idea where Latvia is. Like I assumed it was somewhere like uh, near Sweden and Finland and Denmark and all those places. It's oh, kind of no. it's kind of no. over there. No, it's it's like. No. It's closer be, to Russia. Yeah, it's definitely it's Eastern across Europe. some water. If you put a map up it's right not here, I don't think I'd be able to No, but it's it. like by there. It's definitely mm-hmm. not Scandinavia. It's in the same general direction of, like, on the map. It's like by Scandinavia like we are by Brazil. No. It's not that close, Bill. 
on the map it was. <laughs> it was so the map ish, to scale. Ish. So <laughs> I I was like, so, but I, I found out that Latvia shares a border with Belarus, which is your favorite team, ever. which is the best international team there's ever been. They okay. almost beat Canada once. That there was you go. funny. I I always have a soft spot for Latvia because of Oscar Spartulis. So well, he is pretty he's just a wonderful. treasure. Yeah, uh, but it, uh, you do love Belarus. Like, getting I to how much you love Belarus. I gotta ask, like getting when I look at a map and I see like, oh well, there's like Belarus and Latvia. They have like international teams I've seen play in the Olympics and stuff. How come like Estonia and Lithuania don't like they don't play hockey there? It's not cold. I oh. mean, they probably have like a combined population of like 17 people so yeah. there, there's just not yeah. enough of a talent pool I don't think to put together a whole team I'm like a quarter Lithuania it'd be really cool if they were good but the, I guess they're just not I feel like disappointing I this feel is like why the good, the good hockey players go to Russia yeah this is why I feel like am I wrong the the team Europe in the World Cup was a good idea yeah because like Latvia had no chance today they got one goal because like of a sneaky line change and like yeah, that's the thing the USA had the, the puck for 58 minutes yeah I actually that's kind of I did really like like Team Europe, and they had and a chance. They were in the final. Who's mm-hmm. from Who's from Norway? Is it Matt Sukarello? Yes, yeah. And I I loved that. Like you're never going to see Team Norway in the Olympics. So having Team Europe, I thought was a little fun thing. That and I was in love with Team North America. Oh, so let's for, do that again. Yeah. That should be the All Star Game. Personally, oh, I would yeah. love team that. North America, team America, 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 really bad at geography okay, because your your lovely your lovely mother mama Matt, who brought us these wonderful christmas cookies is a teacher she's a second grade elementary school teacher well, do you think that she doesn't know where latvia is i would be really surprised if she could find latvia on a map yeah i believe in mama Matt. <laughs> See, this is if why we can't do teach, this show without you. If, <laughs> to be honest, like this kind of stuff. If yeah. she needs to teach a small child to read, she's good at that. I don't know if she can find Latvia on a map. I, I have a lot of faith in Mama Matt's. <laughs> okay. Kelly, I gritted it out. I'm here just to make fun of Bill. I know. Mm-hmm. And I love you for I got, it. I, love you. I got a question. You like the Flyers? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I said in, in the open, for the purposes of analysis... That uh, that Devils game just didn't happen. It, it, the second game of a back-to-back in Newark the day before Christmas break, like they just had senioritis. That's the way it goes sometimes. I can see just like sleeping your way to the finish line after playing all the games they have in the first half of the season. But uh, I, the one thing that bothered me about it is why did they start? Why did Hack decide to start Mason over Stoli? <sighs> I honestly have no idea. I don't think, and and acknowledging that Stoli is a rookie goaltender with two NHL games under his belt, like I don't think that there's an excuse to start a goalie a back to back. Like the only thing that I could possibly see to defend Hackstall's decision is knowing that they were going to have the next stretch of days off. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I I personally would have probably started Stolarz not only because of the back to back, but also the fact that you know he grew up. A it's Devil. his hometown. He grew up a Devils yeah. fan. Like, it's just it would have kind of been a nice way to you know give the kid a pat on the back and let him roll in a game where maybe the team didn't have the kind of expectations that they may have had against the Capitals when they clearly got up to play that game and that was just a great hockey game on both sides. But I mean, did it really? Did it cause the loss? I don't think so. Like I mentioned, no, they I, had I, I, yeah. sixteen shots. Yeah, like it's I mentioned, I, I mentioned in my observations, that. like 
I don't know if any goalie would have won that game no. just because could Mason have played better? Sure, he could have played better, and then he eventually got taken out of the game and Stolarz came in anyway. But the Flyers were just flat. They were 100% flat in that game. And I'll give Haxtell all the credit in the world because he could have been a total jerk about it after the game and, you know, wow, we had a really bad effort. And he just straight up said, you know, we didn't have the energy. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable because we've been dealing with an insane schedule. And I'll give the guys one game where they just were flat. It's, and- it's fine. Like, it's not good, but it's acceptable. And we'll go to Christmas. We'll take the break. And then we'll come out hopefully recharged against uh, against the Blues next Wednesday. And, and that's, that's, what the right, I, that's the right way to that's the right way to address it as a coach. And that's what I was looking at. The Flyers played 12 games in 22 days in December. Their 36 games have been played in 70 days overall. That's a higher than every other day pace for the first half of the season. Which is insane. It's been completely insane. So it's, yeah, they came out a little flat after they had one of the most emotional wins of the season against the team that knocked them out of the playoffs the night before. I can't hold it against them. It's You hate to lose in your division to a team you are ahead of that is just kind of not good. But Was eh. it emotional? Did you get emotional? The Capitals game? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was pumped. I mean, I that was, was there. Was that was there. a shootout. It was fun. Yeah. It just, yeah. Yeah. Right. Both teams were playing really well. I, well, actually, no. both teams weren't playing necessarily that well, but it was just a Entertaining. fun game. It was yeah. a back and forth action. Yeah. It was a game. high energy game. Yeah. Uh, I, I was also emotional, but I thought that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, you know, an emotional woman. That's uh, the way it goes. <laughs> how my life goes. Ah, uh, but this uh, this raffle injury that came out of all this oh, it hurts me. I not, actually forgot about it until I good. saw it on mm, this list. No, I call it and bad. I was out to lunch with my brother today, and I saw it on the outline, and I like <laughs> there was an audible reaction, like motherfucker, I forgot that happened. That's when you try to erase stuff from your memory and then realize, like, oh no, wait tangible things actually did go on yeah. though it's not like you can just erase the whole thing like Michael Roffel being out it's only a week or two it's not like one it's not like he tours meniscus well like, uh, you know like what's really strange about this is that he there was questions about whether he was even out of the game yeah. or not like, we didn't know for sure that he was and then his, the time frame was immediately announced while the game was still happening yeah that was weird like how can you assess a player and his injury in, in the locker room? I've never seen that before. It, it, the whole situation was weird because you're absolutely right. He he almost scores a goal. It gets robbed by mm. by, by Schneider, like barely stopping a wraparound attempt and then a second, a second chance opportunity. And then he just kind of disappeared. And at first you're thinking, okay, well, maybe it's an equipment issue. And then he just never came back. And then you're wondering, okay, is this a really bad injury? And then they announced one of two weeks. I don't know. I, I've never... I'm sure it's happened before. I've never seen it get announced midway through a game how long a guy's out for. Do we know exactly what it is? Did he have the poops? It was a lower body. Who knows with hockey? Lower body, upper body. 50% of his body. We know (laughs) which 50% it is. You can chop that Definitely on the bottom half. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, not a concussion. The beat writers get upset about that (laughs) stuff because, like, you know, they just need to fill, they need to fill space. Does anybody have a problem? Not with really. the upper body, lower body injury stuff, I do. I don't. I like to know what is going on, but that's only because I'm very medically curious. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to know, just because I, f- I feel like if you're thinking, all right, is it going to be one week? Is it going to be two weeks? If we know what it is, you might be able to get a better handle on how long he's going to be out. But at the same time, it's like, well, it doesn't really matter. He's going to come back when he comes back. It yeah, really affect anything. Hextall has said in the past to to reporters that are pushing him on the whole like why don't you give us more information about injuries and he, his his justification has always been 
if other teams know exactly what the injury is, they're going to target that. Oh, and that makes sense. Whether yeah. that's the case Players or not, arms. yeah, like I mean, it's... <laughs> it's very possible. But that's always what Hextall has come back to say. He's basically like, look, I, when I played, they we did that all the time. And he's straight up honest. Like, look, if we knew a guy had an arm injury, we were slashing his arm the whole game. Look so, at Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, let's attack his hands. People, oh, look, yeah. he's out with a broken hand. Like, that's, uh, happened yeah, to Drew, too. Does, does that really matter, though? All right, so lower body. They're going to be hacking at your knees, your <laughs> hips, your ankles, <laughs> your shins all game long. Just like, all right, well, we're going to find something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know Mark that Strike, has like, a major but that's I would. Fl- that was a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing is like if my guy hurt his shoulder, I'd say he hurt his knee. <laughs> I would totally I would just, just lie. absolutely lie. I'd be like, yeah, he's got a body injury. Well, I think in the playoffs they've done that before. Body. Like they've yeah. done like oh, it's it's yeah. like a, it's a body injury. Like they just don't even well, in the playoffs they don't care. Like, what yeah. it comes down to is that the team doesn't owe us anything. Like they don't no. owe us information. They definitely don't, don't owe us confidential player health information. That's the big thing. They don't. Like yeah, they owe us information about the roster. Right. But they don't owe us information that players have with, you know, private conversation right. with this doctor. They could tell us if they want to, but they don't have to tell us. Right. And I guess Mark Streit was totally cool with the world knowing about his... That one was just such a freak thing that they were like, dude, we got to tell we everybody about this one. The only, with diagrams. The only disclosed injury in the history of the sport, of the sport was a what, pubic, Detac- pelvic bone displacement. Yeah. 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 Like, that's hilarious. It, it was, yeah. That, pubic plate displacement. That, I think that, 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 made, that made every male fan yeah. of the Flyers fan base just collectively wince at the oh, same time. Uh, female, oh too. Seriously. <laughs> when I read about it, I was like, oh. Uh, yeah. But, I oh. grab my non existent <laughs> stuff. Yeah. The Raffle injury does put them in a tough spot with the lineup, uh, especially in the short term with Couturier and Reed. We don't know what their status is yet. It's not good. Like, going back to <laughs> last year. Not the best year, color man in the league for nothing. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. No, going back to last year, the three best play driving forwards on the team are Couturier, Raffle, and Reed. And there's a chance that they're going to run into two very good teams in St. Louis and San Jose without their three best play drivers. Now, that doesn't leave them without anybody. Like, Voracek's still very good. Giroux's still very good. They Konechny is a great scorer. Like, they have talent there, but you need guys to help push the play in the offensive zone, and now they, there's a chance they could be missing three of them. The hope is that one or both of Gaturier or Reed could be ready, and I think that's something we'll learn more about on, uh, on Tuesday when they practice in Voorhees to see if one or both of them are skating without the... Uh, Without the you know the injury jersey that they they tend to wear, but if they have to roll with both of those guys not in the lineup in this road trip, it's it could get could get ugly at least by the advanced stats and maybe they're just gonna have to lean on Mason. <sighs> so just as an, an aside, Carter Hart let in a goal and then third shot against him, so the entire country of Canada is going to murder him later. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome! Well, at least we, at least at least the Flyers still have Sandstrom and Stoli. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like seven others. R.I.P. Quarter hard. Bunch, bunch more. But I do want to take this time to like Michael Roffel is awesome, and yeah. it sucks whenever he's out of the lineup because he's just a really, really good player. And like if if you were to guess who has scored the most five on five goals for the Flyers this year, like you would not guess Michael Roffel, but it's him. I mean, he scored seven goals this year more than any other. It's Flyers not player. Boyd Gordon. It's not Boyd Gordon. <laughs> Still trying, That's to, a surprise still trying to wrap presents. They, uh, they. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off from your Michael Raffle appreciation moment, and I hate to do that because he's one of my favorites. Um, but the Flyers put out just a graphic for Happy Holidays yes on Christmas. 
And I could not, for the life of me, figure out who one of the players that was. In Slack made me so. I laughed Dale so Weiss. hard when you figured out who it was. <laughs> it, it took yeah. me. I was. I was staring at it. I watched it like loop more than six times. I was like, "Who the hell is this man?" Was it what? What's his face, Gordon? It was. It was. What's it was, his face? What's Gordon? His face, Gordon. What's his face Gordon? I don't. I don't know what his face looks like, <laughs> <laughs> and I always forget that he's a flyer. Please continue with Michael Raffle. Continue with the Michael Raffle praise. Okay. Um. So he leads the team in even strength goals, which is really neat. And for a team that doesn't really score at five on five, yeah. that's important. Yeah, because he knows how to get into the right spot. Yeah. And like we can talk all day about advanced stats and about he drives play, and that's great. And we know why it's great. We know why it's important. But the the main reason why it is important is because if you more winning the shot attempts battle, you're more likely to win the goals battle. You're more likely to outscore your opponents in terms of tangible goals. And Michael Raffle, in his four seasons as a flyer, has a 53.2% goals for percentage of 5-on-5. So it's not just that he drives play. He's driving positive outcomes better than Claude Giroux, Wayne Simmons, and Sean Couturier. And that's not to say that they're not also really, really good, because they are. But that's more just to say just how good Michael Rothfell is at creating good things and allowing for good things to happen when he's out there. And it, it I think it gives, like, physical evidence to the, uh, like, what I always, like, oh, yeah, Sean Couturier has a ton of theoretical goals. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's my little troll. I love Sean Couturier. <laughs> I love him. I just like to say stuff like that because it's fun. But, uh, like, it shows you when, okay, this is what happens when you put one of those guys with special offensive players. Because Giroux and Voracek, obviously, different planet offensively yeah. oh, no question. than Michael Raffle. But if you put those two together and give them Raffle, the guy who just does all that little stuff, oh yeah, he'll have seven even strength goals. That's pretty good for a guy you just pulled out of Austria one day. Like That's where he's from, yeah, right? like, Austria? I, I, yeah, I, at, he at some is, point, yes. when for over a long I think period I know of time is. when a bunch of good things happen when a certain guy's on the ice you have to sit back and think to yourself hey maybe this guy's actually good <laughs> even if you don't think to yourself well he's not the one getting the, the the ultra great rush down the ice and showing up on the highlight reels but if the team is consistently outscoring the other team when he's out there he's probably doing a couple things occasionally to help that happen he is the one I would like to just announce that. Do you actually know where Austria is? I feel confident um, that that one he could find. Is it near oh Germany? Boy. Yes. Yes. Good job. You're in the ballpark. I'm very <laughs> proud. It's in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He also played in Sweden. Do you know where Sweden is? I do, because I was looking at a map today. <laughs> I was trying to find Latvia, and I originally identified Sweden. I, I'm oh I'm sorry. I went to I went to American public schools. I don't know geography. Just the way it is. It's okay. Yeah, just, American public schools are not great it's with just, geography. It's just, it's just a big... That's my big gap in my knowledge is where things my, are. Mine is not great either. I don't know. It's not just the world. I don't know where states are either. I knew that was coming. I drove across oh, this no. country two times and I don't really know where the states are that I was in. I Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I kind of want to start quizzing you, but I almost just don't want to go down that rabbit hole. No, we're, we're going to do a Sporkle quiz later. We'll, yes. The four of us will all challenge each other, and, and it'll be great. Uh, but getting back to the uh, to the Washington game, which was just... That was a really fun win. Uh, like, one of those just... I, it meant so much mentally, I think. I think it was one of those games that the team needed just to show itself, we we are, we can beat this team. They kind of spanked us in the playoffs. Like a little bit. If it wasn't for Neuvert, like, that's a four-game series, and it's not close. Well, five-game. 
Because they, they, they did okay in the fourth game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fifth game was the they one where Norris stood on his head. Yeah. Um, if, if that doesn't happen, you know, you have a different, you have a completely different thought process coming into this season. But winning that game, I thought, was big for the team mentally. But uh, my biggest takeaway from the game as a whole, just how it unfolded, it's time to stop calling the Belmar line like a bottom six line. It is, in fact, the second line. Yeah. From they a, play the second yeah. most minutes. No, from they a are the second line. Absolutely. absolutely. Like, Braden Shen makes it makes five million bucks, so you want to think he's the second line center? He's not. That line doesn't play a five on five. Why? Yeah, yeah. What? Lack yeah. of options. Why? Charlie, like, give me something. They won! I know, I Can know. Can we continue yeah, to question then, it? Yes. It works. Wait yes. a minute. Because Didn't it they doesn't work. lose the next night? Didn't Vandevelde have, like, the most time on the ice, five on five? And not only did... to go back and look. It wouldn't shock me. But not then again, the, the lines were all lose. jumbled around by the middle of that game. Yeah, but let's not put things together that don't actually go together. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying this is what they have now. The Belmar line is the second line until Katrina okay, comes back. Well, is it working or is it, it just, work? It once? just so happens that they won the game doing this thing. <sighs> like what wait, what do the smart people say? The thing with correlation the, is not correlation causation. is not causation. Yeah, the thing with the Belmar go. line is that they've actually been pretty good <laughs> defensively. Like they're preventing quality shots. They're just not creating much. So it's almost as if Haxtell's looked at the situation and has just said to himself, okay, well, without Couturier, I want my my second line can't both defend and play offense without Sean Couturier. So let's just use guys that aren't going to screw up, maybe aren't going to create anything, and then put all the offensive load on the power play in the first line. That's what I assume the thought process is. The frustrating part about it is then you're watching guys like Wayne Simmons and Travis Konechny not getting much in the way of even strength minutes or less than you'd want them to get because they don't have a center that can drive them to even strength respectability. That's the frustrating part because you look at that line and you see that should be the second line. Braden Shen, Travis Konechny, Wayne Simmons should be the second line because that's the more talented line than Belmar, Vandevelde, and Lubimov. But they're not driving play with Shen at center. So at least with Belmar, you can trust that they're not going to give up a ton, even if they're not creating a ton. That, I would assume, is the justification. The good news is, is this is probably all going to get resolved I would hope it gets resolved when Couturier comes back, which will be soon, because the logical thing here would be just to slide him in to replace Shen and then elevate the Konechny Shen Simmons or Konechny Couturier Simmons line back to line two, drop Belmar to line to third line minutes, and then everybody's relatively happy. But Charlie, but. the Flyers have flourished oh, no. with Shen at center. Oh boy! In fourteen uh, games, they're what eleven two and one or something like that. I oh, mean, boy. he's got. Eight points, and six of them are on the, or five of them are on the power play. The only reason, so clearly yeah. he's doing great at say, center, where he plays wing on the power play. The only reason why I'm not getting mad at you is because I know you're just setting <laughs> us up for this. But that's the thing. That's like, where that, and that's what I was getting at yeah. in terms of the Bel- Belmar is the second line center. Like to say Shen, Shen has been putting up points more than he was to start the season, which is good. They are on the power play. Yeah, he is not doing anything at five on five. I yeah the. Co- I, Go ahead. No, the the concept that total scoring makes you a good even strength player is just always infuriating to me. Like as you said, he has eight points in fourteen games. That's good, 
But when you have two even strength points of 14 games, that's bad. It's great that he's second contri- line center. It's great that he's contributing on the power play. That's what we need Braden Shen to do in order for the Flyers to be a successful team. You need him to be contributing on the power play. You need him to be contributing overall. But you can't act like he's been great at even strength just because he's scoring on the power play. They're two totally separate things. He's also winning faceoffs. Well, that that he's at like that 50% changes everything. For the season. He's at like forty nine point eight percent for the season. Is that what it, I'm just looking at the last two? He's games. Ju- he's he is better than he was, but he is he is an average faceoff guy. He is a fifty percent faceoff guy, which is fine because faceoffs are greatly overrated. It's and so much so much is made of the initial faceoff when it's mostly about what happens in like the three seconds after it. It, stuff I'm, like that is wildly overrated. But no, I don't. I don't he he has very much improved at faceoffs, yeah, considering it. One of the reasons he couldn't play center is like he was a thirty percent guy, and it was like this is embarrassing. And it's good. It's good that he's improving at faceoffs. But that's such like a. There's so many other parts of playing <laughs> center that are not involving faceoffs, like playing low in the zone in the de- in the defensive zone, facilitating zone exits. Being the high man, usually in the offensive zone, to protect against when defensemen pinch, you have to be the guy that circles up and then potentially covers for the rush. Like there are so many aspects to playing center aside from faceoffs that Brayden Shen just is not that good at. Like and setting up your highly skilled wingers to score goals. Exactly. Oh, another thing that annoys me is when you hear people say in one breath. Why has Travis Konechny not scored a goal in 21 games? And then the other breaths say, well, Braden Shen's been really good at center. It's like, part of Braden Shen's job is to help Travis Konechny score goals. Travis Konechny's been with Braden Shen. He hasn't been scoring goals. There might be a connection here. Maybe. I'm looking at the time on ice for each player for the past two games. So the Capitals game and the Devils game. Holy shit, Ivan Provorov is playing a lot of minutes. They are, they are riding him... Very, it's it's kind of crazy considering he's 19 years I'm old. I'm looking at almost 24 minutes against the Capitals, and I think it was 22 against wow. the Devils. That's a lot. To look at what Dave Haxtall and his predecessors have had to work with in recent years, basically since Pronger got injured, um, and then for Haxtall to have this new toy, like I, <laughs> I, I cannot blame him no. for being like, yeah, this is really the only thing uh, I'm throwing. Every, I'm throwing else, throwing out everything else. And this is this is my only toy. Sure, but let's talk about what else that means. This well is the problem. So <laughs> the top pairing. Ivan Provorov, I, I like that. I, I, it's it's, good, a bit, right? it's a bit of a risk, you know, putting a 19-year-old as your first pair defenseman, but you watch him and he just wows you constantly. Like that, I, I forget, I think it was um, it was uh, Jake Farringer on, on Twitter posted it, like, was posted a vine of basically Provorov faked a guy out because he started to do a spin move and then stopped. Oh my God, that was incredible. Like, who fakes a spin move? Clearly Ivan Provorov <laughs> does. But the problem is, is that Ivan Provorov is not the only defenseman on the ice when he plays. There's another guy, name of Andrew McDonald, oh. who is also getting first pair minutes alongside Ivan Provorov, and I, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm not a fan, not a fan of this Andrew McDonald as first pair defenseman thing. I don't like it either, but I will tell you, his minus one against the Devils was his first minus game since November 29th. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of driving it, is that the goal-based outcomes have been good. With the Provorov McDonald pairing on the ice, the problem is is that the underlying numbers haven't just been bad; they've been horrific. So, just to throw some stats out at you here, number one, 
Provorov with McDonald has a 40% Corsi. Without McDonald has a 52% Corsi. Now, 52% is very solid. 40% is beyond awful. 40% is like around... You're pinned down. Yeah, it's like around where Buffalo was the year they were purposely tanking. Like, oh, it's really bad. So why is the pairing, quote-unquote, working? It's because they've scored 66% of the goals on the ice. So, like, the Flyers have 66% of the goals while the pairing is on the ice. Basically, think of it as the Flyers are outscoring the opponents 2-1 to one when the pairing's on the ice. That's great from an outcome standpoint. The problem is that the reason why they're doing it is because they have 107 PDO, which usually regresses to 100, which essentially implies that they're just getting ridiculously good luck both from the goaltenders playing really well behind them and from the scorers shooting at a really high percentage when they're on the ice. Like, this is not going to keep going. And you can't even make the argument, oh, well, they're preventing quality shots because their expected goals number, which, while not a perfect way to describe shot quality, it's one of the best we have. And that's at 41%. Like, they're getting buried in every shot attempt metric out there. It's just not ending up in the back of the net yet. But it's going to happen. It's not a surprise that Andrew McDonald's quote-unquote stronger play has correlated with, oh, Steve Mason's been standing on his head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I I brought up the plus-minus thing to be able to circle back and make this point. Uh, I can finally put plus-minus to bed. It is a meaningless stat. And I will tell you why. Welcome to 2016. Wow, this is huge. I can, Five I can, days before 2017. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can I can I can I can say it to people who think it is still a useful stat. I can I can put it in very easy terms for people. In 1993-94, Wayne Gretzky led the league with 92 assists and 130 points. He was minus 25 that year. Wow. Was Wayne Gretzky Trash. a liability to his team? Obviously. Probably not. I bet his course he was terrible too. <laughs> He did have quite a bit of his production on the power. So here's the thing. Are we just going to see Andrew McDonald strapped to whatever good defenseman we have at the time until we're rid of him? Like, is that the only thing that we can do? I think Andrew McDonald is going to be strapped to the press box or a Phantoms jersey starting next September. Well, here's just, well, you know what? Everybody said that so. this year, and yeah. that didn't happen. They didn't I, have anyone to replace him this year. There's a lot of people that could have replaced him this year. Yeah. Nick I, Schultz? Travis Sanheim. They don't want him you would in the hope, NHL. You would yeah. hope that Sanheim, Sanheim or and or Moran will be ready next year. You would hope. Phil Myers. They had plenty of people that could have replaced him this year. Sorry, I cut they you weren't going to go with three rookie defensemen this year. Okay, it would have been funsies. I would have liked they it. They weren't yeah. supposed to go with one this year, and then they did. They were always so. going to go with one. Nope. What do you mean? No, they they drafted him to never play him, not play him at nineteen, but then they did, and it's going pretty well. It's going well, yeah. pretty. But I think what scares me the most about this is that I see what's coming, and what I am terrified is going to happen is over the next two weeks, the 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 goals numbers are going to start falling in line with the advanced stats, which are horrific, and the pairing is going to start struggling, and then rather than here. Hey, maybe this is because Andrew McDonald is not a first pair defenseman. In fact, he's barely an NHL defenseman, and that's why everything's falling apart. Nice and guy loves a game. And instead, you're going to hear <laughs> about hard. how, 
man, Ivan Provorov's really struggling. Man, he might be hitting the rookie wall. You know, this is his first NHL season. Maybe he's getting ties. Like, this no, is maybe what Hextall was talking about. You don't know if he's physically ready to play a full season. <laughs> no, he's with a really, really, really bad defenseman. And that's what's going on. I can't wait for that, personally. Hey, yeah. I'm going to print some of those articles out and frame them. I was just going to say. <laughs> I, I might even write one myself. Charlie, just could you just, like, pre-write the response to the <laughs> this is what this article is how you about be spending Ivan Provorov's crappy year? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Pre-write articles, like, like yeah. pre-written obituaries, pre-written <laughs> obituaries. Like you need pre-written, like oh yeah, well he's paired with Andrew McDonald, so yeah. this it, was gonna happen. It is funny though how like it's literally becoming a rite of passage right, Steph, for rookies. This show just spiraled so far out of my grasp. I don't even know what's happening. Continue. Steph's so drugged up right now. It's I hilarious. really am. I don't know what's going yes. on. But like it, it the size is, of saucer plates. Sounds about right. It's such a rite of passage now. It's like okay, you're a great rookie defenseman. All right, well you have to spend like five months with Andrew McDonald, like. It's just what you do. Yeah. Like, Travis Sanheim, be very, very afraid. There's all this talk about hazing. hazing. I was just yeah. going to say, this is how I we haze I our I would rookies. much rather be made to wear a dress and parade around the locker room than I would to be paired with Andrew McDonald for five months. I think Ghost last year would have. And Later on yelling about sports. Yes. <laughs> you guys should stick around for yelling about sports. <laughs> we can yell about hazing and but- Andrew McDonald. In terms of, uh, where, where, where do we want to go now? Let's go. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. Let's, I, I guess told you, it's, it's spiral. The cookies are really good. I would highly recommend a cookie. Uh, we'll go to the World Junior what are, Championships What are those ones now. over by you? These? No, next, that one. This? Yeah. I don't know what these are. It looks are. like a munchkin. Oh, mystery almost. cookie. I'll eat it. it. Some yeah. kind of almond thing? I don't oh, know. Oh, that looks almond I don't know. Uh, <laughs> looks pretty tasty. Well, well like the World Junior Championship started today. It's uh, it's how I like to spend my Boxing Day, which I still don't have an answer on yet. Um, nine flyers, as we talked about last week, representing representing uh, their different countries. Could have been eleven. No one else. Yeah, could have been eleven. Yeah. But there's two guys in the NHL. Maybe you heard of them, Proverol and Konechny. Uh <laughs> Maybe. No other team has more than five. Charlie, you were right with your tweet the other night. Uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty. It's pretty insane. <laughs> like it's honest. okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the great part too is that only one of the nine is a first round pick. Yeah, like all of the other ones are second round picks or later. Five of them are either fourth round picks or on like fourth round picks or later or undrafted. I still can't get over Myers not being drafted. It's like you see his he's a top stuff, pair, and he's it's a like top what? pair defenseman How? on Team yeah. Canada. How did he not get drafted? And you don't even have the like. Sometimes you can see why guys don't get don't get drafted. Like so, for example, before Myers, in terms of like undrafted guys who ended up on Team Canada, Joe Hicketts was the undrafted defenseman on Team Canada. But you could see why he didn't go. He didn't get drafted because he's like five eight. And clearly, in his draft year, the teams were oh, well, five eight defenseman can't succeed unless he has ultra skills on you know the other aspects of his game. And then he developed, and then Detroit signed him, and now he looks like a legitimate NHL prospect. But you look at Phil Myers; he's six foot four. He can skate fine. That's he's, he's got not puck skills. Like yeah, he wasn't good that first that that his draft year, but the the raw talent was there. You would think someone would have taken a to flyer think he on went that guy. Two hundred or so, like two hundred and eleven. That picks. was a good joke. <laughs> Yes, it was unintentional <laughs> too. I got it. <laughs> to think some like it went two hundred and eleven picks without him being taken. Like he's got size, he's a smooth skater. It's not like he's one of these big guys who takes choppy steps. Yeah. Like that setup he had. Uh, I, I heard he made a nice play tonight. Where we're here, I have the game DVR, so we'll watch it when we get home. But the in the pre-tournament game, he went end to end to set up a goal, yeah. drop pass to set up the goal, and then went right to the net and took the goalie's eyes away. Like didn't. 
set there, like setting a screen. Like he just skated through and made like a nice skilled yeah, play he, to he go did, to he the did net. A middle lane drive, which yeah. is something like you have to kind of have that instinct to do it and have the guts to do it because you're going to get yourself pinned deep if yeah. it doesn't work. But you have the instinct to do it, and Myers has it. Like Myers could be. I said this last week. Myers could be really, really good. And as high as I am on Carter Hart, I'm even higher on Phil Myers. That's you. Ha- on it's not like okay, yeah, we have you know a couple work horses on Slovenia. You have a top pairing defenseman and the starting goalie of Team yeah. Canada. Yeah, like th- this is pretty good. Uh, I will not be satisfied until they have a whole team in the World Juniors. <laughs> the Flyers. Yep. Until they, the they hockey team, the Flyers. Guys. The hockey team, the Flyers. <laughs> They play a sport called hockey. I don't know if you guys know this. Another goalie. So I've heard. Another goalie we mentioned earlier, Felix Sandstrom for Sweden, was the player of the game in their win today. I think he made 22 saves on 23 shots or something Apparently like that. Apparently, he made some really big saves. Yeah. Too. He made, hold on. Didn't Carter Hart struggle like yesterday or something? Wasn't It was like a pre tournament game. Oh, he didn't, look, I don't he care. didn't look that good, but. If it was pre tournament, I don't care. Yeah. Sandstrom made one kick save today that was like highlight real stuff. Like a save of the tournament candidate. And Sandstrom's. Sandstrom's been a guy who, like, if I have one bias about prospects, is that I find it really hard to judge European prospects when they're young because. By the nature of the European leagues they're in, they don't get a lot of playing time. So you can't really look at their numbers and judge them because they just don't play as much. They're on like the third pairing or the third or fourth line. Or they're play- if they're a goalie, they're playing against a bunch of men and they're probably not going to perform that well. So with Sanchez, you always looked at his numbers and they were... Yeah, but at the same time, you were impressed that he was in the Swed- the you know the top Swedish league, and at least getting time. Well, this year his numbers are legitimately good. Like I think he's around a nine seventeen save percentage at age nineteen in the Swedish league, and you're seeing the. My problem with 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 hoping that guys that are getting time in those leagues but not seeing the performance, you're hoping you're hoping yeah. that when they get older, the performance is going to catch up to the potential. But you still have to see that happen, and it's happening with Sandstrom this year, and he's just carrying that over into the World Juniors. And so much of, like, I feel like so much of uh, evaluating goalies is you have to see that potential before you see the production. Yeah. Like, uh, it's so much like you see, like, uh, I always equate things to other sports because... I'm better at evaluating younger players. You just see them more often. And, like, you see a Carson Wentz or a Ryan Leaf and go, all right, this is what it is. You just see those building blocks. And, like, you see a Sandstrom and you just say, okay, he's got the size. He's got, he knows his positioning so he can turn into something. You just hope a goalie turns out. Mm. The Flyers basically bought a bunch of lottery tickets with these goalies and they have three in the tournament. Two of them are starting for very good teams. Uh, what's a, this? Uh, they, Kase, Kache, Kache, Kache. So, so S- think, think sh. Kache, Kache, David Kache for uh, for the checks. David, we'll get we'll get it together by the time you make the NHL. I won't, but these, <laughs> maybe <laughs> these three will correct me, and it'll be a fun thing. You'll be a loved player because I'll never be able to pronounce your name. It'll be great for everyone. He was player of the game today. Apparently. Yeah, so they got two players of the game on the first day of the on tournament. the first day of the tournament. Yeah, Kache is interesting because he's he's clearly got skill. He's a high energy player. He's very very small and. You're just kind of hoping that either he's he becomes that energy guy maybe on the bottom six or he can put on some weight and maybe become a top six guy. But the cool thing about his performance today is that he's coming off an injury. Like they weren't even sure if he was going to play in this tournament. 
he was one of those guys where he was a lock if he was healthy, and they made the decision a couple of days before the tournament that, yeah, he can play. And the fact that he's come out this strong is really cool because you would think he's only going to get better as the tournament goes on, which is neat. And he's a guy that you can need to check. He's the only Czech player the Flyers have. They have two Russians and then two Swedes and the U.S. guy and then two, two Canadians. The, uh, the Russians, I think, are the team I'm most, interesting, most interested in seeing. And it's because you never get to see these guys play. Yeah. Like, at least with uh, the Canadians and stuff, you get to see certain things. But, like, I'm not all that plugged into the KHL or the MHL. So, like, I've never really seen German uh, Yermin. German. 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 Rubstov or Mikhail Verboyov play. So this is one of those situations where you actually get to see that. Verboyov is first-line center for Team Russia? Yeah. Yeah, he's... Decent. He was a fourth-round pick in 2015, I believe. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he's he's in the KHL. He's I think he's like a third-line center in the KHL. And if you're a 19-year-old getting time in the KHL, you're probably pretty decent. He's... You know, he's a project. He's maybe not the greatest skater in the world, but he's he's pretty strong and he's got good instincts. And I'm I'm very interested to see him in this tournament, almost even more so than than Rubstoff, just because uh, I, I think the way you're supposed to pronounce his name is Vorobyov, because the the so the, apparently the general the general rule with Russian names is that you're supposed to put the accent on the second syllable. That's like the, the weird thing. And, we, and we've been saying Provorov wrong forever. Yeah, but he seems fine with it, so I don't care. But yeah, it's supposed to be he like He came Provorov. over here young, so it's Provorov. fine. Provorov. No, He's North Americanized. He, he gets it. So I think, I think it's... He, he gets uh, that we're going to screw it up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I think it's, it's Vorobyov. Is, is the right pronunciation for for him, but I'm I'm interested to see how he can do because he's again I said last week he's one of those like under the radar prospects that no one really talks about. And Rubstov is uh he's playing on their fourth line right now, fourth or third, and they're playing him at wing, which is not his natural position. But it's the Russians are very well known to like when they pick their guys for the World Juniors teams that they almost always pick 19-year-olds, like, almost exclusively. So the fact that he even made Shocking. it... Yeah. But the fact that he even made it as an 18-year-old is pretty impressive. And now you're just hoping he shows something in the game. And I'm excited... When I, I'm the same thing with you. I'm excited to watch that game when I come home from this. I th- and I think it says a lot about what Hextall is doing and uh, what they did at the end of the, uh, of the home grid administration... And that's they're hitting on those mid and late round picks. These guys like David Bernhardt, who uh, like that's not a name you would just think. Oh yeah, Flyers draft pick David Bernhardt. Of cur- of course he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes and makes Team Sweden. Like that's pretty decent. I'm just. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this tournament. Like I, I'm I'm DVRing the Canada. Where, where can I watch these games? NHL Network. Thank you. Although for some reason they did not put the Sweden game on, we were complaining about this before we went on air. Like they just didn't put the Sweden game on. Front, yeah, they had on last night's NHL Tonight on all day until the pregame for USA's game started. Yeah, which, um, very awesome. stupid NHL Network. I'm First sure game of the tournament, not on TV. Great oh, so job. We're, we're rioting. Is we what, we yes. riot. We could. Yes. Well, I hear that Verizon or FiOS or whatever isn't carrying NHL Network really? anymore. So That's yikes! People who have Verizon cannot watch any of the world juniors or anything else that's on nhl network so we're rioting i have comcast but i think that i'm gonna riot anyway just <laughs> this is why we're all trapped it. in the comcast prison forever yeah, forever we just can't get away well it's, they own the teams so. yeah i know they so own the city actually prison. It's yeah it's a prison that we're they also own the nhl 
The NHL has an. Ex- that is true. They have an exclusive TV well, rights deal with NBC, who is owned by Comcast, it's who true. own the Flyers. Like, it's a it's a it's a fun the NHL specifically on the Flyers. Special yeah. holiday the Flyers. tweet, which well, was yeah, weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Nobody watches hockey. It's I fine. guess not. They're playing. Flyers, we have great which listeners. Is not though. us. It's, we sure do. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wonderful. I want to get to this Steve Downey thing. That was weird because it was uh, it was interesting, and it makes me somebody who always says, no matter what, I like the fights. I have no, I, I like. I think it, it 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 contributes to a certain aspect of the game, and this and that. But at the end of the day, I like watching two guys punch each other in the face, and so I like the fights. And to hear Steve Downey say basically. Information was withheld from us, which has turned out to be the case. It's just happened. It just came out in a case against the New Jersey Devils. They didn't tell uh, Mike Peluso, I believe, that he had a concussion and he was suffering seizures because of brain damage he suffered, which doctors told him well ahead of time was going to happen. And uh, Steve Downey says, I would have never played if I knew what I was actually doing to myself. He said, he brought up the Dean McCammond hit, and he said, I... Regret that and think about it all the time. I feel so bad for what I did, for what I did to him, and like put his family through. And it, it, it's really you get into the hockey culture thing. And he he had a whole rant against the Coyotes too, and how they're just a classless organization, which Ooh, was funny. It didn't stop today, by the way. No, oh. he got back into it today. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see that until right now. Oh, is I was he gonna, saying some I was more? Gonna, I was going to read the tweets because I know in order he and... retweeted something uh, Dan Carcillo said, which kind of expanded the situation and he, he talked about how the coyote, coyotes so treated John Scott. Let's go, go ahead, back Steph. let's yeah. go back from the beginning. Sure. Um so this is I I was really, really confused about what started this. So I was seeing bits and pieces of this extreme of consciousness just cross my my timeline. Um and I didn't know what started it. And what happened was Max Domi got into a fight, broke his hand. And Max Domi is a skilled player. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're going with. Um, so it's just, that's, it's just funny because his dad. Right. Like no, exactly. Which is, his I, dad I, is one of the all-time fighters. I'm holding a grudge against Max Domi because he was on my fantasy team and didn't produce enough points for me. So I dropped him. <laughs> but that's, that's my own personal grudge. Okay. Um, so just reading, these are now tweets from Steve Downey starting on December 23rd. First shout out way, Max Domi, haha, what a punch. Second shout out to Dave Tippett and Newell Brown on running a great program down in AZ. There's a reason they're in last every year. Hashtag classless. Third, Peterborough Pete's are better run than the Arizona Coyotes. Fourth, I've never played on a team when my best player broke his hand in a fight. Haha, ha, the game has changed. Or Tippett's an idiot. Another classless move done by Tippett. This really put over the edge last year and made me quit on Arizona. The way they treated Big John Scott. I remember watching Tippett laugh at Big John working his ass off for the team. Classless. John Scott is the best teammate I've seen in a long time. My last game, I played for the Coyotes. Dave, the man Tippett, didn't let me skate for four days, not even a morning skate. Then he randomly wants me in his lineup. Fucking classless. Colin Campbell asked John Scott if his kids were going to be embarrassed that he was going to the All-Star game. What a joke. John gets mad at Colin and tells him off. Then Arizona trades him. Ha ha, who's the puppet? That's enough for now. Merry Christmas to all. Comes back a couple hours later. Arizona- <laughs> no, I'm not done. Yeah. Right, not done. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> Arizona Coyotes flies... 
Christian Thomas from Minnesota to Providence after sending him down. He makes it to Providence just in time for the game. Christian had a season-ending injury that night. Not fair. If I was an agent, I would not let any of my players go anywhere near that team. Dot, 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 and to all a good night. Still not done. Comes back a couple (laughs) hours later. Um, I don't know how to say this name. Bigross? Bigross? I guess it's a player. I, just, I think, I, yeah. I'm really bad at player names. Of the Avalanche has been stuck in a hotel for three weeks with a concussion. I wish I knew I would have gotten him the help he needed. But I would have would have did it three weeks earlier. NHL plus concussions equal fucking joke. And then he retweets um, a gif of... Uh, is that him hitting... I don't, I don't, it's a gif of something. Yeah, it might be. It might be him. Him hitting somebody. But yeah. then what? Then he jumps into ripping Don Cherry. Right. Which is always so amusing. so then he's nah, resp- always he's fun, responding yeah. to it. That hit is what happens when you watch Don Cherry rock 'em sock 'em videos from age five to eighteen. Nothing good comes from those vids. I just did what I had to to play. And I that's still- what really stuck with me is we always talk about, especially a guy like Steve Downey who. Like you know, we'll we'll tweet uh, you know a picture of a garbage can. Be like Steve yes. Downey, and like I took great pleasure a couple years ago in a game the Flyers played against the Penguins when Downey was there, and the ref just basically let Luke Shen beat the shit out of Steve Downey. Ragdolled like, him. There were like not, not three opportunities. Moran, but yeah. There were like three opportunities for the officials to get in there and be like, okay, fight's over, and he just kept letting Shen pound on him. And but like you see. Steve Downey is in the league because he does that stuff. And do you cross the line? Absolutely. But it's why you're in the lineup. See, here's the thing. So, like you, I think, these are the kind of guys that I always love on Steve my Downey's team. Steve Downey's first stint with the Flyers, I loved I wanted a jersey. Steve Downey yeah. when he was here. I liked him a lot. I thought, not to be cheesy about it, he did have a lot of heart and grit. He's that kind of player. I liked Dan Carcillo when Dan Carcillo was sure, here. I yeah. loved him. He was fun to watch. And then you see what these guys do. They don't get any respect from anyone. No. They kill themselves, literally, every night to play a sport that they've dreamed of playing since they were children. And then when they get out of the league, you have a guy like Dan Carcillo who's now devoting his life to helping guys live normal lives after they get out of hockey because it's impossible for them to do because A, they don't have any education. They pluck these kids when they're teenagers and make them start playing pro. Mm -hmm. These guys beat the shit out of each other just to get a spot on a team and then they're encouraged to keep doing that harder and harder and harder to keep that spot. And then we blame them Mm -hmm. for doing this Mm -hmm. and we shit on them for doing this and the media shits on them for doing this and it makes me really, really angry because... We created this culture. This is the stuff that sure. we like to watch. And then we... We're all Flyers fans. Yeah. Then you know, it, just, the, it makes this me is really the mad. Bullies here. That, the Flyers took Steve Downey in the I first mean, round. Like for, let's talk about a guy like Zach Ronaldo, who we all hate, and he's an asshole. Nobody likes him. Okay, fine. But this is a guy who had a dream, and he did what he had to do to get there. And then we... It, it just made, it, I get really yeah, like mad Zach about Ronaldo, it. Steve Downey, Dan Carcillo, these guys have all been the same guy their whole life. Yeah. And now they're in the NHL and we expect and the them thing to be is, different. And the, but then we learn. This is how they play. But then we learn through something like this that they're actually good, decent guys yeah. who were just doing what they thought they had to do to live their dream. And, and the whole families. time. Yeah, this is their job. They're getting shit on and being made out to be villains and they're not. And so maybe we as a hockey fans 
need to think about what we're cheering for. It's hard for me to not want to see fights. I love that stuff. But then you see this kind of stuff and it's like, God, what am I like? What am I rooting for here? That's yeah. that's it's what hard. really hit me when I watched the Sam Moran video where he was slamming whoever it was into yeah. the ice like that. Like it hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. Like, OK, fight him. But there's a line. And, and I think the line has shifted a little bit. Yeah, I, I guess the. The tough part about this for me is that, like on one side, I want, I want the hockey culture to change, the NHL culture to change to the point where you don't have guys getting into the NHL primarily because they are quote unquote energy guys that just hit people and fight because it's not good for their health. It's not good for the health of other people in the league because it makes this the game less safe, and then you eventually feel really end up feeling really bad for these guys when they're a mess after their career. At the same time, and this is the flip side of it, is that like they want to get into the NHL and they're probably not skilled enough to get into the NHL just by their skills. So the right. real question is like, is it is it inherently a bad thing that they're forcing their way into the NHL because then their lives over the course of the next 50 years are going to be worse? But then you are taking away or the only maybe maybe the only chance a Zach Ronaldo has of making the NHL. That's the that's the balancing act. Of it. I believe is, it was the Carcillo. To, it might have been somebody else, but I think it was. I think it was Carcillo today who was just like, "I wish someone had just told me, like, yeah. okay, you're doing this to your brain, like, yeah. and given me totally fair, and given me the choice to be like, all right, maybe I don't want to like have dementia at fifty, like Mike Pelusa does, right? Like, if you were just given, it might have been from the Pelusa yeah. story, or kill yourself like yeah. Bugard, or yeah. you know, like yeah. a whole host of terrible, terrible things that have happened to these guys who we. We cheered on killing themselves and it's it's like a hard like mental disconnect where I love to see a good hockey fight I love a hard hit and I I don't want to see it go away but at the same time you don't want you to start see this to happening. re-examine it yeah. when you really look at the the yeah aftermath. when you hear the aftermath from these guys who have left the game it's really hard to continue to root for that kind of thing in the sport. And and one of John Scott's uh, Players' Tribune articles, like he mentioned that he had never been into a fight until he was in, I think, the minor leagues. Yeah, it may I have been the AHL yeah. when yeah. his coach was just like, you're a big dude, you're going to go out there and you're going to That's the yeah. thing with so you many are, of these you're guys. You're a big guy, you're going to go out there and punch him in the face. So with when you we, when we talk about shifting what third and fourth lines are and like thinking about what if you have four scoring lines. Right. So many of these guys. Imagine that. Yeah, so many of these guys, like you don't make it to the <laughs> NHL without being good at hockey. That's why John Scott was so offended last year <laughs> when people thought he was just going to like fall down out there. Yeah, like, that's he was, the thing. Like, you like put it was Zach, actually yeah. the movie Goon and he didn't know how to skate. You put Zach Ronaldo in a men's league these, game. He's, yeah, gonna, he's I mean, the best player on yeah, the ice. Exactly. Like, by these far. Are bad. Like, these yeah. guys aren't bad, but they've been... They're not Claude Giroux. They're not Sidney Crosby. No. So to get on the ice with those guys, they have to do the stuff that those guys won't do. And that's all it is. And you have to re-examine... What if that stuff was just way... But the Steve Downey thing, as much as I agree with him, he also says, I was never on a team where my best player broke his hand in a fight... To me, asserting that if I was out there, I would have fought. He wouldn't have had to. So, like, I kind of there's a he was weird maybe saying that like Tippett's creating a culture that's, where you that's have the way to I fight. Too, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of that's kind of what I thought he that, was like, getting for, at. For you to be a quote unquote man, you have to yeah. you have to fight in this situation. Okay. Oh, All see, right. I, I went the same way. All right. Bill did. That makes more sense. Then I get that a little more. Only because like the I think the following tweet was pretty much like 
fuck Dave Tippett. Yeah. Like, just, like <laughs> this happened because Dave Tippett has created this culture in Arizona mm-hmm. where you have to be goony in order to get your ice time. Which yeah. makes me really worry about my large adult son, Jacob Chikrin. He's got to protect his face, definitely. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Although those cheekbones could break a hand. I think that they could. have <laughs> chiseled. Luke Shen got into a fight that night, the same night that... Um, Luke Shen, by the way, is with the Arizona yeah. Coyotes, and they love him down there. Do they really? They love him. Wow. I mean, he's still young. Yeah. He's, what, 26? Yeah, I don't even think he... I he think he's still younger than that but still I for one young. can't wait until the other Shen brother finds a nice comfortable home to flourish in <laughs> yeah it'll be in Voorhees impossibly a, de- <laughs> in, in possibly a desert oh, he's climate 27 just turned 27 uh, yeah it's the whole thing and it's unfolded over the last couple days starting I believe on Christmas Eve with Downey and then all this yeah. stuff the Mike Peluso story about the devil's withholding information uh, what, what Steph uh, we have five minutes left. oh okay uh we could do a whole show on yeah. this, to be honest. We really yeah. could, I, and it's good that these players are are no. I'm happy are, are, about are it. coming out with these stories. Like I, and again, this is my preconceived bias. Like I never would have expected that Dan Carcillo would become this like much of a good for mental health the game advocate after yeah. re- retiring because like that was just my preconceived notion of Dan Carcillo. He was just like this goon who wasn't that good at hockey who just kind of skated around and did stupid stuff. And now like I look at him and I'm looking at him in a totally different lay like this I, I I don't know if he's like a rocket scientist, but he's clearly he's clearly <laughs> he's clearly <laughs> thought this shit out and like legitimately has determined that this is bad and I need to have an impact on this because this is my moral duty. And I never would have predicted that Dan Carcillo would have taken that, you know, I guess you're a wrestling guy. What would you call it? Like a face turn? Yeah. yeah. Heel turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that this is this is where it's going to have the most impact is when the former players are all grouping mm-hmm. together and be like, this shit is not okay. It's going to get through to the current players a lot more than it is someone in management or someone, even doctors, I think. Like someone that they can relate to, someone that they know has been... In the trenches, I mean, they look at these two that we're talking about, Dan Carcillo and Steve Downey. Like, they have been in it. I think that that's going to make more of an impact with the current players than. And these guys aren't else. guys we can be like, oh, they're like advocating to make the game softer. Like, no. Steve Downey yeah. and Dan Carcillo were two of the most dangerous players of their era. Yeah. 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 And like, for them to be like, yeah, I don't even know if I would have played if I knew what it was going to yeah. do to me. That, like, I'm like, oh. Steve, Steve you, Downey straight up said, I wish I never yeah, played. Yeah. I and wish like, I never played. And the, like, my favorite movie of all time is Slapshot. My favorite player of all time is Frank the Animal by Lois. Like, mm-hmm. I look at this stuff and go, Oh man, I love hockey, but I don't know about this. This is yeah, this is hard. a lot more than I thought it was. Uh, I want to end the show on a on an up note, though. <laughs> it is the day after Christmas. Still don't have still don't have a, an answer for Boxing Day, but it's the day after Christmas. But what, you put what else? Boxes. So so America. What else is this? America celebrates Sales. Thanksgiving. Okay. Can- Canada, Canada also has does Thanksgiving, but that's it. Just those two countries. No no other country really does Thanksgiving. So it's like. Other countries, Black Friday, it's a lot of sales, and then also like you put your shit in boxes and put it away. This is that's it. That's really what the point of it is. Yeah, right? like oh. it's really not complicated. <laughs> that's stupid. Anyway, it's the day after Christmas, so I want to ask everybody. Uh, we, I, I, I'm assuming everybody got a little bit of swag. Got some swag. Flyers, hockey related no. gifts. Anything? Anything good? I got a really cute Flyers shirt. Nice. I like it. I got a Flyers Elf. That thing is awesome. <laughs> from Kelly. Flyers, Flyers Elf, elf on, on the, the shelf. shelf. Yeah. I got a Flyers Elf <laughs> oh on the shelf God. from Kelly. 
And this is my only Flyers gift because no one in my family watches sports oh, or really right, understands right. anything about sports Beautiful. or definitely not hockey. So I, I didn't get any Flyers gifts because I'm an unbiased journalist. No, <laughs> no got, seriously, I did get a couple of Flyers gifts. <laughs> I got a uh, I got a printout of. Here's some money. Go get yourself a Stadium Series jerseys whenever Ooh, you can find them. That's there cool. you go. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to Pittsburgh, and my mom was like, uh, "Yeah, we'll we'll help you out with that." I was like, "Oh, sweet, cool, nice. unemployed son. That's Way to sweet. go, mom." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the cookies, Mom and Matt. So, oh, these cookies are excellent. Uh, any any Flyers New Year's resolutions? I know I just put this in here as something to kill time with, but I, you know, we're- I absolutely despise New Year's resolutions. So Why? no, because if you want to like change something. Thing, or if you want to do something, like do it right then and there instead of waiting for one day. Like that's just procrastination. So is, are these flyers? These flyers New Year's resolutions? Are they no. like resolutions we want I the team fun. to resolve? Or, Whatever you want. Or are they like Charlie. what I want to do regarding with the team? Charlie? Don't analyze it. <laughs> well, my I mean, my New Year's resolution would be find a way to get rid of Andrew McDonald, whether that's <laughs> trade him or send him down to Lehigh Valley and never hear from him again. Like that would be my New Year's resolution. I don't think they're going to do it. I would like to see Dave Haxtall resolve to stop being in love with Chris Vandevelde and perhaps play him several less minutes. Second, <laughs> second line winger? Yeah. Chris Vandevelde? Oh boy. My New Year's resolution, uh, I guess for the, as a hockey fan, after we just went through all that, uh, I think I'm going to like look at the game a little differently. I, That's I, fair. I'm, That's I'm gonna, nice, Bill. I, I like want, that. I, 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 I want to not be as much of a meathead hockey fan as, as you know, because I... I look at the game the way Charlie does, and I also go, you guys are fucking pussy. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that's wrong of me, so I'm going to try to overcome that urge and uh, focus more on the things that are important to the game. But still enjoy the the crushing, clean Radko Gudis hit, too. Oh, I I love Radko so much. You can hit clean. There can be hard hits that don't destroy lives, Bill. That's what we root for. Yeah. Okay, yes. Fewer, fewer bone crushing hits. More just separate them from the puck hits. Fewer exactly. brain bouncing in your skull hits. Yeah, I don't what think that's if, too much to ask. I never thought it, but what if they went to full cages? Like I'm at the point where I think maybe they should go full helmets. I don't know. It if doesn't that affect, makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. The thing with concussions is your brain bouncing around inside your head, so no amount of helmets going to stop that happening. But it would eliminate fighting. Well, it would. Yeah. They'd figure out another way. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, you've got fights I got in fights now. in high school where I just took my helmet off. Well, so. you've got fights now where they're taking off each other's helmets because you can no longer take off your own. Right when they yeah. started that rule in the preseason when two guys went up to each other and like, pulled, gently yeah. removed each other's helmets <laughs> was the greatest thing I've ever seen in hockey. See? Right there. I just said it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in hockey. i got to not think that. Well, no. The, it's the a process. gentle replacement. The, the gentle yeah. removal like that, of like, the helmet. But that's and then part I'm of the culture I love is that like two guys who are about to try to give each other serious brain damage will then go to the penalty box for five minutes and joke with each other and be like, oh, you got me on that one. <laughs> like spitting out his teeth. Like, yeah, you got me. Like, so uh, it's just a great game. It is a great game. And I refuse to participate in this exercise because I don't like fun. <laughs> she, Steph is sick. She's she's getting through it. Uh, that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey this week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you for making 2016 an excellent year uh, for Broad Street Hockey Radio. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Philly. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team. No one does more hockey 
Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>